The Gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now, when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled and took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides the women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm on page 891 in your Pew Bible, if you would like to follow along. The heading is The Feeding of 5,000. This is the story of the loaves and fishes. It's familiar to many. It was miraculous 2,000 years ago, and it is still miraculous today. This story I just refer to as the greatest shore lunch ever. So the story starts out, Jesus learns of his dear friend, John the Baptist, had been executed, and he is absolutely distraught, and he is mourning and grieving the loss of his dear friend. So he does what many of us do, and that is to simply get away, to have some time alone, to be able to go to a place where you're not distracted by anything else and just be able to grieve. When word travels very quickly that Jesus was doing this, he comes up on the shore, and there he is met by a crowd of people. Now, I don't think any of us would have blamed Jesus if the story continued, and Jesus got back in the boat and went to a different place, right? But he didn't. He didn't. He gets out of the boat, comes ashore, and he does a couple things that are incredible. He immediately shows compassion. And then he goes on to heal their sick. Now evening is approaching. And the disciples say to Jesus, hey look, we need to get all these people out of here because we're in the middle of nowhere. We need to get them back to the villages so they can get some food. They were acutely aware of the need for food and the lack of it where they were. And Jesus responds, they need not go away. 
you give them something to eat. Now I can imagine the disciples, what they were thinking, right? How absurd. Look at all of these people. We hardly have enough food for ourselves. But instead, they responded to Jesus. We have only five loaves. Only five loaves here and two fish. Now in that moment, Jesus orders the crowd to sit down on the grass, think music in Plymouth. He takes out the two fish and the five loaves. He lifts them up to heaven, blesses them and breaks them. Sound familiar? You're going to hear that language in just a little bit from now. And then he gives them to the disciples to go out and to distribute amongst the crowd. And then the scripture, in almost a matter-of-fact or understated language, says this, And they all ate and were filled. Another translation says, And they all ate and they were satisfied. And then it says, those who ate were about 5,000 men. In other words, that number does not include women and children. In other words, the crowd was significantly larger than 5,000 people. Now, when we look at the story of the feeding of 5,000 plus, we find that the disciples here are filled with anxiety. Anxiety over the scarcity of food. But Jesus addresses that anxiety and does something that we all can learn from. He pauses. And then he gives thanks for the little bit they did have. And in that moment of gratitude, in that moment of thankfulness, there was miraculously enough. Enough for everyone. So in our story today, one of the central themes that emerges is thankfulness. Now, as hard as it is, this life of ours is not about all the things that we do not have. Rather, it's about the things we do have. Now, this is countercultural to be sure, especially when our society is telling us day in and day out that we need to have more and more, that it is what we have that defines who we are. And we are continue, continually challenged with facing when is enough, enough, when we are being told we need more and more. So this morning I ask you a rhetorical question. What are you thankful for today? What are you thankful for on this day? Now, there's another central theme that emerges from the greatest shore lunch ever. And it comes from a deep compassion that Jesus has for the crowd, for all those who are gathered. And that same compassion that he had for them then continues on with you and me. 
One of my favorite writers and theologians, Presbyterian minister Frederick Beekner, says this on compassion. I have quoted him many times over the years. This is what he says. Compassion is the sometimes fatal capacity for feeling what it's like to live inside somebody else's skin. It is the knowledge that there can never really be any peace and joy for me until there is peace and joy finally for you too. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he is constantly filled with compassion and the desire for peace and joy and love in this world. And he has that same desire for you, too. And we experience and witness this compassion in the cross and in the empty tomb. We experience and witness Christ's compassion, this desire, this love of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness when we taste the bread and the wine when we hear the words, when the water is poured over our head in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. So this morning, I ask you another question. How do you show compassion? How do you show compassion? Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You know that I'm either going to the mountains or I'm coming from the mountains every time I quote Norman MacLean from his book, A River Runs Through It. This year, I'm doing both. I quoted him just before I left for Montana with 20 of our youth and five other adult leaders to the Absorca Beartooth Mountains in the southern part of Montana through a camp called Christicon. We've got great stories to share. I'll save that for another time. But while I was out hiking, I was thinking about our verse from today. And I was thinking about Frederick Beekner's quote as well. And this particular passage from Norman's book came to mind about compassion. Now to set the stage for you a little bit, Norman McLean wrote this book when he was in his early 70s. He was a longtime professor at the University of Chicago. And he put his life story to words. Now, the story here involves a dialogue, or what I'm going to read. It's a dialogue between Norman and his brother Paul. Paul is younger. Paul has dealt with all sorts of challenges throughout his life. Life has not been easy for Paul. And they are talking about Norman's brother-in-law, Neil who came to visit from California, made his way all the way to Montana, and was spinning one tail after another. And he, too, had dealt with countless challenges in his life. And so here, this dialogue is taking place between the two brothers, between Norman and Paul. And it starts out with Norman saying this. Do you think we should help him? Yes, he said. I thought we were going to. How? I asked. By taking him fishing with us. I've just told you, I said, he doesn't like to fish. Maybe so, my brother replied. 
But maybe what he likes is somebody trying to help him. How do you show compassion? Where do you show compassion? Thinking about our reading from Matthew about Beekner's uh, quote on compassion and what Norman McLean wrote in A River Runs Through It. I came to the conclusion that perhaps in the end, this miraculous story is actually less about feeding over 5,000 people and more about seeing beyond our own limitations. Maybe it's more about Jesus being filled with compassion so much so that he gives them something to eat, so much so that he responds to them, sees them, hears them. Maybe it's more about recognizing Jesus' compassion for you and for me. Maybe it's about seeing beyond our own limitations and recognizing It doesn't take much to do a whole lot of good in this world. It doesn't take much to do a whole lot of good in this world. My hope and prayer is that we can learn from this story that in the busyness of our lives, that we too can pause and give thanks for the good things we have, and then filled with compassion, respond to those in need, bringing about peace and joy, trusting, trusting that God will find it to be enough And that the whole world will be filled. That the whole world will be satisfied. Let it be so. Amen.